Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday to everyone. Blessed Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. And welcome to episode 381 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we will talk about the latest trailer of Wakanda Forever. Supposedly a Black Panther movie. And how it very much feels similar in several respects to a trailer for The Woman King. The Woman King. Has it gone full Woman King? It seems to have. As the trailer has revealed, spoiler, it's in a trailer so I don't really know how much of a spoiler it is, but to no one's surprise, for those that have been paying attention, we now know that it indeed will be a Whammon that will be wearing the Black Panther suit. That's right. The mantle of Black Panther will be taken up by one of the plethora of female characters that are within Wakanda. The question, of course, is which one? I think many bets are on Shuri. I didn't pay attention enough to the suit to see if it had some of those elements that would have indicated what character it is. And honestly... As many of you know, I, in the end, don't care all that much because I wasn't a huge fan of the first Black Panther film. Thought it was entirely and vastly overrated. Can't believe that made well over a billion dollars at the box office and just was not a fan. Now, I, I am, and I am someone who can say I was a fan of Chadwick Boseman, who I thought was a very talented actor, and I gotta give kudos and credit to him especially for how he handled the very, uh, just the very traumatic and just really painful, sad end of his life. Suffering and struggling and, and not asking anybody for pity, not, not, not telling anybody so that he would get more jobs or, or anything like that. No, he, he kept it to himself. And that is a very rare thing, I think, to find in Hollywood, and that's why it just, in certain respects, sickens me that they're even continuing on in this story. I know there's an argument to be made that it's it's in a way of trying to honor the legacy of Chadwick Boseman, but the way that they seem to be going about it, it doesn't seem very respectful. It seems much more like they're trying to monetize his death, and that's something that I think we have been able to see from even just the trailer itself, Right. Even the trailer has seemed to indicate that they're going to try to use the death of Chadwick Boseman to bring some people out. And I think it is going to convince a lot of people to go out and go see it. I do think Wakanda Forever will end up being a much bigger box office success than some people might be speculating. I don't think it's going to be as massive internationally. I do think it will probably hit above its belt well beyond what it should when it comes to its domestic numbers. Those are just my own thoughts about the box office when it comes to the movie. But question of the night, of course, is are you going to see Wakanda Forever? Were you at any point going to see it? And also, have you seen their latest trailer? And do you kind of get that, that Woman King vibes? It's amazing. It's amazing how many of the things that have been said now for years about the upcoming era of the MCU are coming to fruition in, in such clear manifest ways but 
We'll talk about that and also other general movie news. I know some people are probably excited because apparently Elon Musk is playing his 4D game of chess, maybe, and is apparently now saying, yeah, you know what, I'll go ahead and buy Twitter for the same price (laughs) that I had originally agreed to. I don't know if it's because the lawyers talking to him were, hey, you don't have a good chance of winning your lawsuit. Might as well just go through with it, and then you can handle it and you know do whatever it is that you need to do. I don't know. But, hey, <laughs> guess some people are excited about that. And, uh, yeah, this is also yet another week of not a whole lot of stuff happening at the box office. Smile seems to be doing pretty well, which is uh, nice to see. I've heard some pretty good things about it, at least from people who have seen it, who are part of the Asgardian community. And really not much else of anything has been making the rounds. It's not going to be until about uh, a week or two, about 10 days, I think, officially, for the release of Black Adam. And that's the next major big box office bluster. And the big question is, of course, going to be, is DC going to be able to deliver? Is DC going to be able to, to actually give us the goods They've struggled a lot. They've struggled tremendously. You all know I'm I'm of the opinion that so far the only solid movie that they have done, a movie that I enjoyed and can go back to that is specifically within the DCEU, is Shazam. And it was the sequel to Shazam, which was one of the only films that I was really looking forward to this, this, uh, this winter. But it got pushed back to, I believe, March because of delays with some of their other films and probably some of the drama going on with their Flash movie, which I think it's just going to be a complete and utter train wreck. Anyway, let's say hello to some people, though. Make sure you smash that like button, lap that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Smash the rumble button, because we are live also on Rumble, and we are once again live on Locals. We are live all over the place tonight, so if you have any comments or questions, just put at Odin. At the very beginning of your comment, at Odin, it lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. It's kind of like a secret code word that's not so secret. Over on Odyssey, Abomination was the first one here. What's going on, good sir? Snow Golem 13 was in the chat. Jacques Le Suave, what's going on? Abomination tagged and said, I think the Woman King is out in its own world of awful. Far worse than just putting women on a pedestal. I think Black Panther 2 is extremely disrespectful and full of MCU, but I don't think it's the same level of awful or as damaging as The Woman King. Yeah, I guess it also depends on what we mean by, is it has it gone The Woman King? When I say it, what I mean is it, it's trying to portray the, hey, look how awesome and mighty female warriors can be. That Again, that just seems to be what the trailer is, the main purpose of the trailer and I think if you were to watch both trailers for The Woman King and for Wakanda Forever, you would say, okay, there seem to be some similarities here. There seem to be some some similar themes going on in different ways, right? Because even if you go back to the first Black Panther film, there were elements about, hey, they were a, a nation that was secret from the world, didn't want to share their technology, other messaging about walls, for instance, being mentioned. All of these things. So I think that it really depends on what we mean by it. And I think that in certain respects, it is going the route of Woman King. But yeah, as far as, I mean, one is based off of history and is not actually telling you that history, that's Woman King. 
which is just lying about the warriors and lying about everything that comes that you know basically lying about most things most of the important things when it comes to the Dahomey kingdom whereas Black Panther 2 or Wakanda Forever is a fictional world that some people in their minds have created as if it were real and yes that is actually a thing but it is also a continuation of the MCU Something that we have seen mostly within the Disney series at this point. We have seen, obviously, elements of it. Doctor Strange 2, the fact that it had mostly a focus on America Chavez, more so, it seemed, than Doctor Strange. We saw a lot more of it, I think, in the actual Disney Plus shows, right? We're seeing it with She-Hulk. We saw it with Miss Marvel. We saw it with the Kate Bishop show, which they called Hawkeye and a plethora of others. And now we're starting to see kind of these first iterations creep into the movies. I think that we especially saw that as far as the the current stage and era, right? The end of one stage, one era leading into the other, right? One saga into the other, one phase into the other with Doctor Strange 2. I think we're now going to be seeing it on a much higher degree, a much higher level in the upcoming film Wakanda Forever. Either way, seems like it is in full force. All right, let's say hello to my YouTube peeps. We got Bryant Barth, who was here early. Hail to you. We got Master of Gaming, who was in here as well, saying, Pray for the Devil, latest clip says it's about fighting the patriarchy and the first female exorcist. Uh, yeah, um, I- I've seen the trailer for it, and it-, it definitely has that tone. However, it lost me at the title alone because it is a clever play on words. Right? You know, pray for the devil, meaning that it's the prey of the devil. But any film that deals with that kind of thing, I stay away from. And I would encourage anyone to stay away from. It's not good to dabble or even to conceive of or even to entertain that of the spiritual demonic world. It's never a good idea. Never a good idea. You can hear countless accounts of, of, of things happening on sets of films where they're making those kinds of movies. Not to mention, of course, there's there's some amazing accounts of even just The Passion of the Christ, of them, you know, clearly being stopped by something that is not exactly human, or at least that they attempt to stop, with people being struck by lightning and other things like it. But I stay away from that kind of stuff for, for various reasons. So, uh, yeah. It, it lost me at the title and, and the basic premise let alone the whole, oh, yeah, we've got a sister in here who's learning how to be an exorcist. It's like, yeah, it's not really, it's not really how this, this stuff works. And I wonder if it was going to you know, try to tell a, an actual true account and true story, but clearly it's getting the Hollywood treatment, as so many of these films do. Stonerpoopus Cuber says, Hello, homans and other quitters. What's going on? Welcome back, Snorterpoopus. We got Cacao and Cookies Minion. Welcome back to the chat. Snorterpoopus said, I had a choice between watching Wakanda forever and dropping a five-pound sledgehammer on my foot. The doctor says I'll be able to walk again once my foot mends. Yes, and you would never be able to mentally and physically and emotionally heal from watching Wakanda forever. So I would say, yeah, good on you. <laughs> Snorterpoopus, but at least I was spared the mental agony. Exactly. Uh, Tina, the Empress of the Universe, who is our Valkyrie in the chat today, saying it's ha- Happy National Vodka Day. Drink it if you have it. And as the Straight Edge member 
<laughs> of the Asgardian community, I will say, water's all around on me. It's good to have the full full function of the intellect. But anyway, hail to you, Tina B. And a hail, of course, to Stephanie B., who is working. And so she will not be here this evening. She's going to be here on Saturdays, is pretty much the way it has worked out. Um, but of course, support her and Tina over on Soup to Nuts, which is hosted on Tina's channel. Mr. Roy, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. He is, of course, the chaplain of our channel. Though I'm working on him. Gmonkey76, what is going on? Welcome back. Thank you very much for being here. Input latency in the chat. We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. We got Rosie G12. Hail to you, Rosie. Appreciate you being here, as always. General Wingster is in the chat. What's going on, General Wingster? We got Orange Review saying, Howdy, Odin. Movie talk. If there was a sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody, it would be about Queen... Uh, about how Queen did the songs for a Highlander, and its title would be "It's a It's a Kind of Magic." Ah, is that something actually being talked about? Personally, I would rather than not. I didn't hate Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought that uh, parts of it were actually pretty well done. I thought that um, I thought the lead actor, especially, think I think he did a pretty good job of capturing uh, the essence of, of Freddie Mercury, but. In the end, I don't really feel like that is the kind of story where you make a sequel of, right? It's like, no, 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 just just, just let this one be and try to instead develop new entertaining stories, which is something that you are sorely lacking in, in a wide variety of ways. <laughs> All right, let's see. Jess Pena in the chat, what's going on, saying, what are your thoughts about the recent Planet of the Apes films with Andy Serkis? I like him a lot. So Rise of the Planet of the Apes is my least favorite uh, I just, the CGI in it is a little bit too, uh, it's a little bit too Uncanny Valley effect for me, um, so I'm not a big fan of it. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is phenomenal. That that film was fantastic. I thought that they had really tightened down the CGI for it. The, uh, the motion capture work, of course, of Andy Serkis was also just fantastic and solid. The story was also a lot of fun. War for the Planet of the Apes was good, not as good as Dawn. But for the most part, I, I enjoy them actually quite a bit. And uh, Andy Serkis is great, and uh, he's a great actor, and it's it's been awesome to see what he has done for the motion capture in- industry especially. And if anyone deserves a honorary uh, award in anything, I think it's him. Because people, I think, often don't appreciate and don't give him the recognition he so rightly deserves for the performances that he gives. Because there are some movies where you're like, okay... Mostly, this is CGI doing the work. When you see those behind-the-scenes footage shots of Andy Serkis doing anything as Gollum or anything else he's ever done, you're like, oh, no, no, he is doing it. And he is doing a phenomenal job at it, to boot. Uh, Let's see. We got Super Anime Gamer. What's going on, Super? Thank you for being here. Input latency tag say, hey, and God bless. Peeps, today's a good day. It's always a good day. Thanks for being here. Master of Gaming. Uh, which would you rather watch, Bros or Pray for the Devil? Um, neither. I'm, I I would never choose between either of those movies. Those are both films that I don't think I would ever desire to see. Um, and so I will I will pray for those involved in the making of either. <laughs> General Winkster in the chats, as I mentioned. Alex McCarthy, what's going on? Good say says howdy. Ooh. 
Odin, how's it going? How's Thor? I've been watching a riveting film saga called The Marine. Bro, I can't believe that you are watching that entire series, man. Come on. You're better than this, Alex. You're better than this. I expected more from you. You were the chosen one. How dare you? Uh, it does remind me, though, because of things coming in and, and, you know, you've been watching a riveting film saga, so-called riveting. Um, but I finally got this in today. So I think it was Miss, Min- Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan who had uh, posted it on the Discord that she had gotten her copy. But I just got in. I got five copies of it because I'm going to be doing some giveaways over on the Discord as well. But it's the Steelbook edition of Catch Me If You Can. This is a phenomenal movie. This is a great film. This is prime and peak Spielberg, in my opinion. A very underrated movie, if I had to say so myself. Very underrated. Uh, Probably also one of the best performances given from both Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. You know, before Tom Hanks was doing little children, he he was doing the amazing accent that he had in this movie, which is just fun. (laughs) Uh, And Blazin64 says, hail, hail to you. Thank you for joining us today, Emblazon. I appreciate it. All right, as chat has jumped on me like it always does, but no comments have been skipped, which is great to hear. Thank you again for joining us today. And again, smash that like button. All right, let's get back into the honesty chat. Let's see what's going on over there. Remember to tag at Odin no matter where you are. At Odin, no matter where you are. Jacques Leswap says, I can't wait for the Wakanda Forever end credit scene where they introduce new Ariel into the Avengers. Ah, yes, 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 of course. Uh, Abomination, it's so bad that Marvel started with the first trailer with the funeral and mourning. Then they release a bigger and more exciting trailer with all the female characters and Namor, to be fair. But then the reveal at the end, it's the worst. It's just a mantle they could have done. Yeah, I mean, basically what they, they've decided to do is to try to continue, not just to have it be, you know, because some people say, oh, you're just misogynistic with your thoughts. It's like, no, I have, I have no problem with female-led properties. As you all know, I'm a huge fan of Alita Battle Angel. However, I don't want a sequel at this point because I don't want Disney because Disney would be because of James Cameron's deep relationship with them, it would be Disney controlling it in some fashion. And I don't trust Disney at all with that character. But I love that movie. It's fantastic. Uh, we can even go back all the way, all the way back before you know before Brie Larson, of course, saved movies and 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 trailblazed uh, female-led movies, of course, with Captain Marvel because she's amazing, stunning, and brave. But even before going far back as to the Aliens films, I can go back to the character of Ripley and say that was a phenomenal character, very well-developed character, as well as many, many others that I'm sure you could even yourselves think of. So that's not the problem. The problem is is it's very clearly, and I think, again, Abomination, I think, has done a great job of really kind of pinpointing it here. It's just so clearly women being put on a pedestal. It's just so clearly a bunch of male feminists or a bunch of identitarians behind the project trying to say, oh, yeah, look, we're in control now. Or, hey, look, reminds me of that scene from a movie. I forget the name of it, but it is, I think, actually, no, no. Was it Jane Bob, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? Maybe it was a different one. But it was a line where it's like, the woman, can, the women can do stuff now. That's how I feel about this. It's just like, okay, yes. And guess what? They've been able to do it for a very, very long time. 
The difference is that nowadays you're more focused on trying to say, hey, look at all the good we're doing. Look at how amazing we are. Instead of actually writing good stories and telling us good, uh, you know, t- telling us good stories and, and writing new IPs and, and giving us new things to, to chew on as fans, as, as those who like movies. Instead, what do we get? We get, hey, everybody, this is a movie that's going to feature mostly women. Remember, remember that other film that came out this year that featured mostly women called The Woman King? Hey, look, we have another one. Not too far away released from this one, in fact. Oh, and look! We're going to go ahead and reintroduce the character of, of Black Panther, but now, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that feminine form. That's right, Black Panther, it's a mantle. It can be passed on to anyone, but it's the time of the whammon. That's the problem. The problem is the fact that they push it. That they shove it down your throat so aggressively and just so clearly, Right? It's, it's clear what their intention is. It's, it's very clear what their motivations are and, and just what their overarching principles are. And, and that's what we are going after here. Anyway. Thank you all again over on Odyssey. Again, Odyssey, Rumble, Locals, DLive, wherever you're watching. Thank you. All right, let's see. Father Christopher Miller says, Namor plus Wakanda, Wakanda Queen equals Ariel 16 years from now, pretty much. Master of Gaming, I would rather watch Black Adam than Wakanda Forever. I might agree with you, but that is also one where I don't really want to watch either of those properties. The only thing, literally the only thing that Black Adam has going for it is the charisma of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's about the only thing that it has going for it. There is a level of charisma, a level of charisma that is within that, that Wakanda Forever does not have. There there are no other actors in that property that have the same level of presence as as The Rock. They're just not there. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely watch Black Adam over Wakanda forever just for that very reason. I don't think either of them are... I don't think that that means the film means the film's going to be good necessarily, but it is a thought. Evan S. Taddy say, I like Chadwick Boseman in The Gods of Egypt as the god Toth. Oh, Gods of Egypt, though, that was not a very good film. Are you talking about, are you talking about the one with Gerard Butler? Oh, that, that was not good. Super says, Amsterdam's coming out this weekend too, right? Yes, so Amsterdam, I saw, is coming out. It's a new David O. Russell movie. But that's the thing, I'm so torn. Because I haven't seen a trailer for the movie, which I'm kind of happy with. But because of how large the cast is, I am getting so many American Hustle vibes. And American Hustle sucked. American Hustle was one of the most boring films, not only of that year... But over the last several years, it was a waste of the talents of so many of the actors that agreed to do that movie. And that's exactly what this one feels like, just based on the poster and the cast list. It's like, oh, you're doing another one of these movies? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to want to (laughs) actually watch that. So, I mean, again, David Russell did do one of my favorite films of the last 10, 15 years in the Silver Linings playbook. Love that movie. That movie is phenomenal. That movie is great. But then he followed it up 
with and also he also did the fighter which was good i like silver lines playbook a bit more but the fighter was also fun it was also good well made but then american hustle just sucked and i just really haven't liked anything that he's done since uh, Joey Horn, who is a member, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Cacao Cookies Minion. Dragon Bricks is here. G-Man in the chat. What's going on? Forever Sci-Fi in the chat, who is a member, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Alice McCarthy says, Dwayne Johnson is in Black Adam. None of his movies disappointed me yet, so I think it'll be okay. None of his movies? I mean, I mean, come on, man. I'm willing to give some... I'm willing to give some leeway to films like Rampage, which is just fun or san andreas which is just like stupid action but even he did a movie where i think now i've almost blacked (laughs) the title of it out of my mind it was the one where it was around the series of years where it seemed that he had a new film coming out every year every two years and it was um it was dealing with like a tower and he was trying to get either him or his family out of this tower i forgot the name of it I'll, i'll keep an eye on the live chat but that movie sucked. That movie was terrible. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention Hobbs and Shaw. Skyscraper. Yes, David L. David L. got it first. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Skyscraper. Oh, Skyscraper was garbage. Complete garbage. Like San Andreas, it, it was dumb, but at least it was fun. You, you, you go to Rampage and it's like, unless you're going in expecting it to be like the video game that apparently was somewhat of an inspiration, it's it's fun. Dwayne The Rock Johnson yelling, George, at this giant uh, <laughs> CGI uh, gorilla thing. Um, but yeah, Sky- Skyscraper was just completely atrocious. I mean, there there was questionable CGI in those other movies, but the, the, the CGI in Skyscraper was just downright despicable. Just downright despicable. Um, but I, I think that it is definitely... Um, it's, it makes me question... Continue to question your sanity, Alex McCarthy, whenever you say things like this. Because Hobbs and Shaw is another example of a terrible movie featuring him. Uh, Kimberly G. What's going on, Kimberly G? Thank you very much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Um, General Winkster makes a great point about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to go and I'm not even going to touch the early Dwayne The Rock Johnson movies. Not even going to touch those. I'm talking more about like in his prime, I guess you could say. Rob Deeds had to say, hello, Odin. Last night I watched the 96 101 Dalmatians, only Disney live action remake I really care to watch. Yeah. And having actually watched it via the, the Mahler streams, the EFAP streams, I, that was the only way I was able to watch. I think I watched like 80% of the movie. I can tell you it's terrible. And it's not worth watching. <laughs> now, now the old school original animated, that stuff's good. That stuff's legit. But that's about as far as we can go. The Rosie G12 says, the left loves revisionist history. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's beyond even just the left, you know. I always like to say it, it's a problem that I think exists on on all sides, but it's definitely more common seemingly on one side over the other. And that, of course, is, you know, with the perception of the left side meaning certain things and the right side meaning other things, right? I like to be somewhere, you know, in the middle with it. And Blazin says, what did you think of the first 
uh, first two Ant-Man movies. Looking forward to number three. The first Ant-Man film was fun. However, it could have been so much better. Uh, I remember when the uh, when the director changed. When the director changed, I was very upset because I think it could have been. I, I think it could have been an amazing movie, and then it ended up just being an okay one be, because of the fact that they, they dropped the original director. The second film was not good. The, the, the second film was just very disappointing. The villain, the the quote unquote villain in that movie, she was, she just couldn't act. I, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't know if it was that she couldn't act or if she was overacting. It's one of those two. Either way, it was not a good performance because either she was well overperforming and overacting, which comes down to direction. As as you all know, I'm always very clear about that, saying you can never just blame actors for their performances. You always have to keep in mind that sometimes writing can play a part. A lot more times, direction can take a part in it as well. But yeah, Ant-Man 2 was just not, was just not good. So I, I do not. I am not looking forward to Ant Man three, especially since I believe, if if I'm not mistaken, I think the there were early reports about what the story was going to be, and some of the early reports were that this is going to be Scott Lang, uh, basically becoming a distant father, and it's like, okay, that that trope is so overplayed now at this point. We we don't we don't need more portrayals of bad dads, you know. That was at least one of the early. Um, one of the early accounts I heard about the story. I don't know if that's changed since then, if that's been adapted or not, but hey. We, I guess, shall see. Master of Gaming says, did you hear Billy Eichner say that bros underperform because of straight people being homophobic? I did hear about that, and I also mentioned it in my box office breakdown video this past weekend, saying I bet and would not be surprised if that is what something, if that's one of the things that's blamed. And and it's like, well, what did you think was going to happen when the only selling point of your movie is, oh, hey, guys, by the way, we have a romantic comedy, a mainstream romantic comedy getting a wide release. And uh, what's unique about it? What's special about it? Oh, it's a romantic comedy featuring a, a gay couple. Wait, wait, wait. Th- that's your selling point? Th- that's that's the only thing that you're going to run with there? Like th- that that's going to be the, the thing that you want Everyone to, to 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 desire to go see this film, you want to say, oh, man, did you hear? They're going to actually feature a gay couple in a mainstream movie. Oh, in a mainstream comedy? In a rom-com? Oh, that's amazing. Let me go. That's not a good selling point. And, and that's the only thing that anyone got from that marketing campaign. It was like, hey, it's a rom-com, but guess what? It's not the same as you would normally expect it. How kooky are we? And it's just, oh my goodness. But yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm not surprised about that at all. I also love just terms like that. You know, we hear transphobic, homophobic being thrown around all the time. And it's like, you realize that you're using this term in the same, because again, these words have roots, meaning that there's a root meaning to these words. So the same word that you're using to describe, you know, transphobes, is the same root word, at least for the second part of it, that you would use to describe people who have arachnophobia, arachnophobes, right? And yet, most people I know who have 
certain maybe religious beliefs, things like that, aren't afraid of people <laughs> because of their sexual orientation. So the whole thing is a misnomer in so many ways, right? Because it's like most of the people that you're talking about in general, one, aren't, and two, they're definitely not afraid. Again, people need to understand, this is like, this is the biggest problem with our current generation and with our current culture, right? Is that language has just been lost. Language has just been overtaken and, and people don't even know what these words mean anymore, right? It's the same thing that can be said about the term racist, right? That term has gotten thrown around so much that people don't even know what it means anymore. It used to be understood as making judgments on a person, usually negative ones, based upon the color of their skin. Now it's, oh, no, 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 no. If you are of a su superior, as far as, you know, the amount of, rights you have or I guess privilege is, is actually no it's like if you have a higher privilege only then can you be racist towards someone who is deemed to have a lower privilege and it's like no 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 you, you've just completely not only redefined the term but again what are the roots of these words they have meanings the fact that even today we can't even ask the question what is a woman without people freaking out and losing their minds it's crazy we are living in a crazy world today, it seems. Let's see. Jesse Bailey, what's going on? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, I, I will continue to cover that and many more box office things. because, And I think that it's coming from both sides. Because there is one side that is trying to feed into this propaganda campaign to push the film. And as I mentioned, the, the propaganda campaign is working, people. You may not want to hear that, but it's the truth. I mean, those those drop-offs are strong drop-offs for a movie of that size. People are buying into the propaganda that's being spat out by, by the company and by the promoters of the movie. But I'm seeing these comments, especially on Rumble. Not, not to call it the Rumble people, but like that's where I see it more often than anyone else. Who keep making these claims without any actual data to say, well, the numbers are just being faked anyway. It's like, I'm so tired of that narrative. I'm so sick of it. I really am. I hate when people say, well, the numbers are just being flubbed. It's like, unless you have actual data to back that up, just shut up. Like, if you wanted to talk about HBO Max and their numbers, hey, guess what? There's a lawsuit that's being filed information that's being presented okay we have something to go off there but if you're just saying oh well i don't want this movie and i don't want to see this movie and i recognize the problems that this film has so how could anyone else not see it? it's like we don't realize or people don't want to accept the fact that we live in a world where there are a lot of dumb people there are a lot of people who will just accept everything that they are told did you forget about covid did you forget about what people just did because they were told to do so? And yet we are supposed to be surprised that there are actually a lot of people that would actually want to go see a film like The Woman King and buy into it? I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's be honest here, you know? And that's why I always try to be, even on films I don't like. Again, I haven't seen The Woman King, so I can't judge it as a movie. 
but I can judge it based off of what's presented in the movie because guess what? The film's been out long enough to where we know what is being presented historically, what the actual historical record is, and being historically critical of that. That we can do. But, I mean, come on, people. We're better than that. We are better than that. It was just like with the Captain Marvel stuff. People saying, oh, well, there's no way it could have gotten a billion dollars. Again, I think now, especially in hindsight, hopefully people can better understand why it absolutely is possible for a film like Captain Marvel to make money. Look at how many people fell into the COVID trap. Many of us were were a part of it at some point, right? I mean, let's just be honest here. Many, many people are sheep. Many, many people will be led astray. So, there is data to back that up. So, it's just, it's giving me those reminders of the, I remember I was one of the few people when when there were so many rumors going around and flowing around, even from people I like, from channels that I really enjoy and respect, but they were pushing this false narrative of, oh, clearly they're they're faking their ticket sales, and it's like, you don't have any evidence and any piece of evidence they presented it was like look look at this look at this one theater look at the number of tickets sold and it's like i could easily explain it away in 2 seconds having actually worked at a theater and saying oh no that's like that because this is how theaters work but i could go on but anyway we'll 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 just move on from there i'm sure that there'll be some comments that will be related to that when i get to it i do fall 20 to 30 minutes behind in the comment section because i like to talk to people of course uh, if you want to donate super chat, super chat, things like that, you can. I, of course, uh, encourage you to go through Streamlabs so that way you can circumvent Mama Susan. But if you just want to wait a while, you might have to wait 20, 30 minutes. But as long as you tag me at Odin, I will get to your comments at some point. All righty. Let us see. Do-do-do-do-do-do. All right, YouTube chat has jumped on me like it always does since I just saw it. Uh, Miss Martin Muses, thank you very much for the rose. It was the feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux just the other day. So thank you so very much for the rose and the support. Always great to see you in the chat. Hopefully things are going well for you. Uh, let's see. J.S. Pena says, CGI and Rise looks a bit dated compared to the other two. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Over on Odyssey, I see y'all. I see you people over on Odyssey. Let me make sure that I didn't miss anything. So first off, Snow Golem 13, thank you for the library credit donation, saying the rundown was the only good movie The Rock was in to me. In his early career, I would probably agree with you, though there is a special place in my heart for The Scorpion King. There's just something funny about that movie in a so-bad-it's-good kind of way. I think it's also because it was a movie that I watched a lot with my with my younger brother, and we kind of had like a, a bonding over that movie just because of just how silly it was. So I would I would put that there, too, in his early career. Uh, Jacques Gosuave over on Odyssey Tad say, Reminder, Ant-Man 2 isn't called Ant-Man 2. It's called The Wasp and Ant-Man. He got second billing in his own sequel, but hey, the MCU isn't a thing, right? Hey, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Though even that movie, I will argue, is not as MCU-heavy as some of the stuff that we've seen recently. I, like, that one, to me, just made a little bit more sense, I guess. 
I, I don't think again, as I mentioned, Ant Man Two. I'm, I call it Ant Man Two because everything else, that other title is a mouthful, even though it is accurate. You know, Ant Man Two wasn't a very good movie in general. Um, so I, I, I just I looked at that movie and I think, yeah, it was a movie that came out at a time too when there was this general, I guess, loss of interest as well. It kind of kind of came out in this dead period, so it didn't make a whole lot of money. Yeah, but I, I hear your point. Vomination says that Billy guy bragged about having an all-LGBT cast. Well, if they're all-LGBT, then I'm not represented. So by their own standards, I'm not allowed to like the movie anyway. Exactly. In the words of the amazing, fabulous, beautiful, stunning, and brave Brie Larson, it wasn't made for you. Okay, it wasn't made for you, it wasn't made for me, guess what, I'm not going to go see it then. (laughs) If you don't want me in your audience, then fine. But you can't have it both ways. You can't, one, say, this movie is being made for this audience. And how do we know that they're saying that? Oh, because they made it very clear. By the way, did we mention that this cast features everybody who's LGBTQ+, AIP, whatever, right? Clearly, that means that they're trying to market it towards that community. And so when only or mostly people from that community show up, and I would even argue that probably not even a lot of people from that community showed up. It's probably a lot of white, straight, liberal male feminists who showed up (laughs) or or also white women who showed up too to support the movie that only made $4 million in its opening weekend. It will probably have a massive drop off in its second weekend. But yeah, to try and blame like homophobia, it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, well, the movie's not made for you, so don't talk about it. But hey, if you don't go see it, then you're homophobic because you didn't see it. It's like, what, what do you want from me? Come on now. Come on, man. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Odyssey fam. I'm going to head now back over to the YouTube fam. Uh, it's quiet over on the on over on Rumble tonight. It's quiet, too quiet. Be careful! It's a trap. It's a trap. Yes, it was very good film. A lot of fun. Jess Pena says, "What's Catch Me If You Can about? You never heard of Catch Me If You Can, Jess Pena? Um, I'll let the <laughs> I'll let the back uh, speak for itself. Inspired by a true story, Frank W. Abbe, uh, Ab- Abagnale? Oh my goodness, it's been so long. Now I feel like I'm mispronouncing it like they do in the movie. Uh, Abagnale Jr. is a brilliant young master of deception. Frank didn't go to flight school. Frank didn't go to medical school. Frank didn't go to law school because Frank's still in high school. While he successfully passes himself off as a pilot, lawyer, and doctor, all before his 21st birthday, an FBI agent closes in hot on his trail. So it's actually a really good film, mostly about this. It's again based, inspired by this true story about someone who very young became a expert counterfeiter and was able to escape the FBI for many years. Um, again, all before he was he was twenty one, and it's a very well presented film and a lot of fun. It's just it's just so much fun. Um, and again, I would I would highly recommend it. This is the this is just the regular Blu Ray. They don't have it on four K yet. Um, it would be a weird movie to have on 4K, but there's no reason, I think, for this film not to exist on 4K, as this should have been shot on 35 millimeter. Um, well, 2002, I think that's... I'm pretty sure that would have been shot on film then. Um, 
But anyway, this is the newly released Steelbook edition of it, though, and I think the Steelbook looks pretty cool. I like the design of the Steelbook quite a bit. Quite a bit. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, I have that movie, Catch Me If You Can. I think I own one... I think I own all of my cousin Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> all of them? That's quite a that's quite a lot if if that were true. Does that mean the newer ones? Are you going to go ahead and go and buy Pinocchio? Uh Dan Crane, what is going on? Welcome. Glad to have you in the chat. In disguise is in the chat as well. Thomas Wilkinson is in the chat as well. Hugo M, what's going on? Hail to you. Let us see. Dan Crane says, Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you as well. Keely Chow, Dad, say, How are you? And how is Baby Thor doing? Baby Thor's doing just fine. Uh, it's crazy to think that uh, next week, yeah, next week, he will be uh, turning two. It's insane. It's insane. All right, Griffin Turbo, hail to you. Joey Horn, who tagged to say, I think everyone my age grew up loving Ripley and Sarah Connor. That's another great one. Uh, I guess my childhood was false since we had never had strong female characters before 10 years ago. Exactly, right? We were, were supposed to believe that Ghostbusters 2016 was revolutionary. That Brie Larson was, was, was a revelation. And it's like, no, no, no. There have been strong women. And here's the other thing, too. You, you talk to Tina B, all right? You talk to the Empress of the Universe because she'll talk to you about the women of the 20s, 30s, and 40s and how much power and influence they had. But it's just crazy. It really honestly is crazy to see all the nonsense that's being still perpetuated today. Jess Pena says, don't forget Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Yeah, but I, as I mentioned all the time, I'm not a comics person, so... That doesn't mean a lot to me because I don't know who Dr. Fate is. Dragon Brick says, I'd watch Black Adam for Brosnan and a little bit for Aldous. Yeah, um, when it comes to Brosnan, I, I'm kind of just, uh, I, I, I don't care about him all that much. There's some things I like with him in it. I think that, for instance, the only James Bond film I like him in is Goldeneye. I mean, that that was the bond of my childhood, and GoldenEye was just great. The game was, was even better, I think. So I, I like Brosnan for that reason, specifically. The only other movie that I thoroughly enjoy him in is uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, hands down. So that's not really a lot to, to get me excited for that movie. Jess Pena says, hold up, I thought a lot of people liked American Hustle. Then again, this was from the critics. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the critics loved the movie. That was a movie where it got nominated for about at least nine Oscars and lost every one of them. And I think it may have been the biggest loser in Oscars history as far as having the most nominations and not a single win. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it got praised to high heaven, but the movie was so boring. I remember I watched it twice fell asleep both times. It, it took me several times just to get through the movie because it was so boring. Scott McKenzie, what's going on? Super says, I liked American Hustle, so I'm excited. The thing I'm most conflicted about is that Mr. O. Russell is allegedly an awful person. Why would he be surprised? John Wingster says, I bet Alex never saw The Tooth Fairy. Or he did and liked it. <laughs> oh, man. Now, every, yeah, here's everyone saying it was Skyscraper. Yep. 
Rosie D says, Dwayne Johnson is the same guy in everything. I mean, I like the guy, but it gets old. Ro- Rosie G, that is a factual statement. Yeah. He does not have a lot of range. So I, I totally agree. But he does still have that that charisma. And that's something that he has had since his wrestling days. I mean, that, that's why he got noticed by Hollywood. Um, so I, I think that e- even though the role for sure is very stale because it's as you mentioned, it's the same person, it's the same character in almost every single thing. Um, that 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 charisma that he has, that natural charisma, there is something dynamic about it that is able to bring a lot of people in, even for bad movies. Again, Hobbs and Shaw, a very recent film of his, terrible. Um, a little bit further back, Skyscraper, terrible. But then it's because of his charisma that he's able to make films like Rampage feel like it's decent or or films like san andreas make it feel like it's decent you know his charisma does go a long way it doesn't go very far because it doesn't make a a turd a uh you know a a a, uh (laughs) i was gonna try to make a food analogy but i think i'll hold off there but anyway he he may not be able to he might be able to shine a turd but it's not going to change the fact that it's still a turd basically (laughs) i'll leave it at that David L. Jungle Cruise. You mean that was on Oscar material? Oh yes, I still have. Ref- I still have not seen that film. I have no desire to see that film. Oh man, I'd forgotten that film even existed. Oscar says, "Of course, Alex McCarthy likes Skyscraper. Of course he did. Of course he did." Uh, Poppyton over on D Live. Hail to you, Poppyton. Thanks for being here, Joey Horn. Uh, did you like Rock's movie, The Rundown? Uh, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember having somewhat fond memories of it. Dane Golong says, Tooth Fairy, Aloha, and chats, hope all has been well and blessed. Are you just saying Tooth Fairy? That was not the one I was talking about earlier, but Forever Sci-Fi, Rampage was a great quarter-eating game, but the story was not exactly deep. Yeah, so that's why it's like, it's inspired, but very loosely, and again, the game itself seemingly doesn't have as much of a story to really be able to build off of, but... You may have had some people who were expecting to see some game elements who may have been disappointed. I don't know. Alex McCarthy says, I just bought Tooth Fairy on digital the other day. Of course you did, Alex McCarthy. Because you have a problem. I think we need to have an... I think we honestly need to have an official um, intervention on behalf of Alex McCarthy. I think I think he needs help. He, he is our friend, and I think he needs help. He needs to be saved from these terrible uh, movie choices. Uh, Abomination says Tom Hanks said in an interview that he was only in like four movies that were good. <laughs> well, it's definitely more than four movies, but uh, <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, John Katarski, what's going on, bro? I'm live every Tuesday and Saturday with very few exceptions. Every Tuesday and Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time every week. And the only one I've added, I, I this is now my second week live streaming on Locals. This is now my maybe fourth or fifth week on Rumble, but I've been on Odyssey for well over a year at this point. So I've been here. Just haven't been paying attention. All right. Back into the YouTube chat. Let's see where we are. Gary Banjo Savage Worthington says, looks like Black Adams Rock likes pineapple on pizza being from Hawaii. Yes, and that is why he is is not a perfect person. He is an incredibly flawed human, and I would say that that is probably his greatest flaw. 
I would say that is probably his latest flaw. Uh, Pavidin says, jumping to YouTube and hail to you, D-Live. <laughs> I mean, yeah, D-Live is just dead. I mean, I just... I, I know that there are people that are still streaming there who have some audience, but yeah, it's it's pretty much a dead platform. I only keep streaming to DLive because there are a couple of people that watch, it seems, exclusively over there. Because um, I know I know Daniel Thorne's over there, typically, and I know that uh, J-Rod the Beer Guru watches over there, too. And they're the only reasons why I have not nuked DLive. Because <laughs> it's just like... Because uh, I, I like to support people where they are as much as much as I can, as much as I mentally can handle. Again, Miss Mara Muses, thank you very much for stopping by. I, I appreciate it. Animal Grimm saw the first 20 minutes of Bros. It had me cracking up. Really? Okay. In in a good way or or in a bad way? Because there's different ways of, of cracking up. G-Man says, I heard there's a child grooming scene at the end of Bros. Ask Chris Gore about it. Ugh. Yeah. That's never good. That's never, ever, 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 ever good. Um, It should be live on, on Rumble. I, I press play and it's like, I'm wondering if the problem is, is that I guess when I set up the stream... One of the issues, I'm wondering if one of the issues is that it's it's live on the Odin's Movie Blog channel and not on the OMB Reviews channel. Is the only thing I could I can think of with this one. Um, let me see. And is there a way for me to change it? Is the real thing. Yeah, I don't think I can change that in real time, unfortunately. But because when I click on it and I press play, I, I'm seeing it on, on my end. So I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The only thing I can think of is that it's on a different channel, but. Technically, I'm live somewhere on Rumble because I'm literally pressing play on this page, and it's it's not my own, you know, streaming uh, streaming page there. So anyway, Brightburn, I've never seen the film Mean Streets until recently, and I think it's a beta version of uh, beta version of Goodfellas. Yeah, I haven't seen, I have not seen Mean Streets myself. Rosie G says, improper use of language, especially nouns, renders them meaningless. Exactly, and when. When you don't have when when society loses language and communic and ways of communicating, that's when it falls apart. If we can't even talk to each other, right? If we cannot even talk to each other, then there's no way for us to be able to um, survive as a society. All right, Gus says I'm on the other one. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Again, I this is so this is pretty new for me. Uh, the live streaming on Rumble, it's it's just, it, it's more complicated than it needs to be. And I think Rumble needs to, to really work on that. The fact that it was easier for me to get things set up on Locals <laughs> than it was for me to get it on Rumble says a lot. But it's a little too late for me in this stream to, to change much about it. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But not much I can do. But yeah, if we can't talk to each other, if we can't 
have the if we don't have the same language, right, and the same meaning of the words that we use. Uh, Dragon Brick says someone should replay that bros guy and said I did not watch because I could not see myself in that movie. It needs more representation. Rob D. In regards to A Man Three, that doesn't even make sense for Scott to become a distant father. He loves his daughter more than anything. Exactly. Uh, Kimberly G. Shouting out Dragon Bricks. Absolutely. Blessed Feast of St. Francis, who is not only the patron saint of animals, but uh, is, is actually much much more of a hardcore saint. Uh, I don't like the fact that St. Francis has been turned into like a, a hippie, because that, that's not who he was at all. Read some of the works of, of him, and you'll realize, oh, th- this, this dude, this dude could throw. Not to mention, to, to have the stigmata. Uh, Rosie G12, when they don't have a, a cogent counter-argument, they name-call. Exactly. Exactly. It is one of the weakest forms of counter-argument. Forever Sci-Fi, I watched a video yesterday about social media where the guy said, it is designed to appeal to the reptilian brain, which responds to signaling. That's why we have so much virtue signaling going on. The reptilian brain, you say. Interesting. All right, chat has jumped on me like it usually does. It is 7.56 in real life. It is around 7.45 or so. Oh, no, actually earlier than that. Let's see. Where did I leave off in the chat? 7.35 in the chat. So just about 30 minutes behind. Right on schedule. All right, let's see. Odyssey fam, you guys rock. Thank you all again for hanging out. Again, if you have a comment or question, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. And I am, again, live on Locals. I am live on Rumble, though apparently you have to search for it, I guess. Um, but, I am, but I am live there. I wonder if I, yeah, if you just go to the, if you, have to, you have to go to the main one. Ah, yep, that's, that's what I did. It's not on OMB reviews there. It's on Odin's movie blog. So it's on it's on the quote main. See that that's what drives me crazy about Rumble too is like there's a main account but then you create channels and it's like why can't I just create why can't I just have one thing? Um and and there's no way to edit the main account either. It it's just it's ridiculous. So now that that's not me boomering. That is Rumble having a a terribly structured design is what that is. All right, let's see. David L. says, Sheep, don't let them pull the wool over your eyes. Uh, let's see. Who else is in the chats? Papa Cody, what's going on? No, no, Papa Cody. Papa Cody, what's going on? Welcome back. Sherry Allen in the chat, what's going on? Hail to you. Uh, Hannibal Grimm, Fossey, Fossey, Fossey. General Wingster tag to say, Kathleen Kennedy will be fired any day now, Odin. Don't be a non-believer. Ah, yes. Yes, according to according to very reliable sources, she she should have been fired years ago. Ah, yes. When the people claim to have sources, it's it's always an intriguing thing to me. I I, I remember when my eyes really became open to, to that nonsense. And... I'm going to shout him out, and I've shouted him out before. I'm going to... Um, so, I'm going to shout out Matthew Kadish, because back in the day, years ago at this point, there was a fateful stream that I was hosting, actually, where it was Matthew Kadish, Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers, 
and a couple of other of YouTubers. And these YouTubers claimed that Kathleen Kennedy was on the chopping block, that they had, one of them said that they had even seen her contract somehow, and so knew that, that she was going to be gone. Whereas Matthew Kadish, who didn't claim to have anything else other than the experience he had working out in Hollywood, and he was very clear about what he meant by that, um, you know, nothing major, but hey, he did work on projects where he actually got to have an idea of, you know, how things kind of work behind the scenes. You know, he just asked simple questions. And over the course of that stream, the uh, the two YouTubers who were claiming inside information were exposed as liars. Um, because one of the main things that one of the YouTubers kept trying to go back to was saying that they worked for Disney. Oh, well, they worked for Disney. And so they, they know. They have inside sources because they used to work. They, you know, they worked for Disney. They kept using that. And then Matthew finally, like, laid the hammer down and was like, oh, what did you do for Disney? And it started off with, well, I was a private contractor. And then it turns out, oh, no, 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 no. He was a cosplayer. So you know how they have at the theme parks, right? You you have the the stormtroopers who march, right? That was basically the level that that he was at when he worked for Disney and somehow met some inside sources. So obviously it turned out to be complete and utter crap and garbage and that whole thing, that whole narrative fell apart. And it was that moment cuz I was in I was very much in between because you know, I was seeing this information and it seemed to make sense. And I was saying, you know, I, I don't even know anything about any of the supposed inside information. All I know is that these movies are terrible. This, this property is being destroyed. And you had a $700 million difference between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And, and now you're seeing a lot of division even after The Last Jedi. And so I was looking at that saying, okay, this, this seems to make sense to be uh, reason enough to justify the firing of this woman. So I wanted to believe it. I wanted it to be true. But then Matthew Kadish started writing about it. And I was like, hey, he's on to something. You know, he's he's actually making a lot of very good, you know, salient and cogent points. Um, because I had hosted him on 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 one of these streams, actually. And we talked about it. And I was like, hey, man, like you're making some really good points. And then that's how I got picked up by, you know, by Jeremy, how he heard about it. And then that's what led to eventually the the, the full group conversation. But yeah, I remember when when those, those those people were exposed, you know, as the frauds that they were, claiming this inside information, and obviously there are still channels, right? Who over the course of the last couple of years, because this happened up had to have been what? It's crazy to think that it may have actually been two to almost four years ago at this point that that would have happened. That was really early on in my YouTube years. This had to have been 2018, 2019 when this when when this streaming event happened. And, um, and obviously over the course of those years, there have been many more people coming out with very similar rumors, claiming very similar types of sources and, and it's never panned out. You know, there are some people who have sources that at the very least are able to have some kind of a record where it's like the right 50% of the time or the right 75% of the time or whatever it might be. But ultimately, whenever someone ever claims sources, I say, all right. Hopefully they say the words, take it with a grain of salt, because I know I will. 
because I, I was led down that path way too many times with the Kathleen Kennedy stuff. Let's see. Laura says, best line from Rampage, of course the giant wolf can fly. That's right. <laughs> I mean, as much as I said that I, I found that film enjoyable, it's also not a movie that I've ever really gone back to. But yes, that is another great. So I would say my second, I would say it's a pretty great line. Of course the giant wolf can fly. Um, I forgot that there was a giant wolf in that movie because, yeah, it was all about genetic modification. And so it was a wolf that was able to have wings. Oh, that's why it was great. It was so ridiculous. It was so ridiculous and it was fun because it, it didn't take itself seriously. And those those kinds of movies are usually fun. When, when a film doesn't take itself seriously and it's just trying to have fun, those are movies that I can have fun with. It's the movies that are like, so you know how people say, oh, just turn your brain off. Okay, if it's a turn your brain off movie where it knows what it is and it does exactly that, I have fun with that. Bullet Train is a great example. That film does not take itself seriously. And so you're then able to just dive full force into the ridiculousness, which is that story. Whereas, and I know uh, <laughs> some people are tired of me ever bringing this movie up. But then you bring in a film like The Tomorrow War. That film does take itself seriously. So when that film is ridiculous in its concepts and everything, but it takes itself seriously, that's when I was like, okay, I think some people are putting too much love to this movie because it's not woke. And that to me is not a good qualifying factor for a good movie. Right. It's like, I think that we should raise our standard. So, you know, I, I think that that is a good dichotomy, a good way of trying to showcase that difference, right? There's a difference between turn your brain off, stupid fun. And typically it's when the film is in on the joke, right? The film is in on it, not taking itself seriously. Whereas there's other films that are, dumb but they do take themselves seriously and because of that they're not very funny unless it's a movie like the room where it's so atrociously bad that it's funny even they're taking even though they're taking themselves seriously anyway there's there's <laughs> there's my what it's now bi-weekly or monthly reference to tomorrow war as an example <laughs> dan blackroyd what's going on welcome back uh, Laura says, I played hooky and went to the movies yesterday, sat in on bros before my movie. Holy cow, it was so not funny, theater was empty. Yeah, I mean, the box office report from this weekend was clear on that. $4 million for an opening weekend, that's atrocious. It had a wide release. It was well over 3,000 screens. Um, and, and yeah, we were, we were just talking about that earlier, saying they, they clearly tried to, in their marketing for it, they tried to say, hey, it's a ro- romantic comedy. And and guess what? Guess what's unique about it? It's featuring a gay couple. It's like that that's not enough. That that's not that's not a plot point to sell. And and you want to know the evidence of that? No one went to go see it. Oh, that's just because they're homophobic. No, it it's because of the fact that you decided to start off and this is this is modern Hollywood, right? This is modern Hollywood. They start off with a premise saying, "Hmm, all right, we want a film that has a strong female. Okay. And then they try to build out from there, and then the movie ends up sucking, right? In this case, they were like, hmm, let's have a romantic comedy with a gay couple. Okay. Now let's make a movie. It's like, well, that's why the movie sucks. That, that's why those movies tend to suck. Because if your premise is starting off with identity politics, whatever that might be, if, if I were to even say, all right, I'm going to start off with a jacked dude and then build from there. Not a good place to start, right? 
you need to have a story in mind to then build with and change and adapt over time, right? That's what you need to be able to do. Instead of saying, let's start off with the identity politics stuff and then build from there because it ends up not being a good result. Let's see. Dan Crane says, would you consider reviewing films, streaming TV series that have a Christian religious content as a believer in Christ? I would appreciate any fair but critical view on watching. So that's just the thing is that unfortunately, when it comes to most Christian films, especially most of them are not very good. And so I tend to avoid them. Um, the only one I can think of as far as movies are concerned that I have any interest in, in looking at and, and possibly reviewing is the new Padre Pio movie because Shia LaBeouf's interview with Bishop Barron was just really interesting. And, and Shia LaBeouf's entire career path is so, it, it's so incredible. I know that Honey Boy was, was kind of like his own autobiographical or it was autobiographical in nature, right? It wasn't completely, I would love for there to be a Shia LaBeouf movie, like just about his career, like from the early even Steven days, right? The, the, the child actor days to the, he will not divide us crazy. I'm setting up an art display with a 24 seven camera that keeps getting hacked and keeps getting taken over by Steven Crowder to the, um, just do it right. And again, this might be at a time sequence to him then going through the dark night that he went through, um, with, with drugs and alcohol and things like that to him finding Christ and, and finding the, 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 church, you know, that to me is an, that's an interesting story, right? That, that's like, that's a story I would actually want to go see. Um, but as far as movies that we actually have right now, uh, Padre Pio, because of that, I, I, I would be intrigued by that. I'm not a fan of the fact that they are making Padre Pio out to be someone who cursed, I don't know how much merit or truth there is to the supposed stories that that's based off of. I just don't like when, again, I'm all for saints being shown for the person that they were. Um, but when, when it goes to an extent where it might be going more so into like myth and hearsay than actual history, that that's where I get a little bit more, more myth by it. So, but it, I'm still intrigued by it enough because I, I kind of want to just see, Shia LaBeouf's performance. I kind of just want to, you know, see what what it what the result is. The other film that I have an interest in, as far as one that has like a religious context to it, would be the eventual sequel that we're getting to the Passion of the Christ, uh, that deals with the the resurrection and the events after the resurrection. Because I, I think to see the harrowing of hell, as it's often described um, in the creed, we say uh, he descended into hell, right, to free the just souls of the Old Testament, essentially. Um, it would just be really cool to see a visualization of that. And apparently some of the conversations that have been going on have been talking about, you know, to maybe intercut in even parts of Revelation. So parts of the fall of Lucifer, that could be really awesome to see. St. Michael the Archangel, Lucifer, like that that could be really cool to see on screen. Um, and obviously I think Mel Gibson could do a great job with it. But um, yeah. The problem is, is that the vast majority of films that are, are religious in nature aren't very good. I did see Father Stew, though, and that one is a religious film, and that one actually was pretty good. Um, it wasn't perfect. I think it was a, a B-level movie because it, it was it had you know it had some problems, but overall it was entertaining. But most of the time, if it's anything from like pure flicks or anything, the trailer alone has me cringing so hard that it's like I have no desire to ever see this. Father Christopher Miller says, want to see a better movie than Catch Me If You Can. Watch 1961's The Great Imposter starring Tony Curtis. He even impersonates a monk. Oh, fun. 
However, Catch Me If You Can is still a great movie, so I, I do not appreciate your slight there, Father. How dare you? How dare you? All right, let's see. I don't think anyone had tagged over on the other platforms. So, Odyssey fam, thank y'all for hanging out. And again, <laughs> to anyone who's waiting on Rumble, I am. I apologize if it's like, wait, I thought he was live. The only person that I would really impact, though, would be King Kane Rumshki, because he's the only one that ever commented on the few streams that I did have live on the OMB Reviews channel over there, so I don't feel too bad, um, but... I feel like he would be the kind of person that would have been able to find it by now. Anyway, just another red shirt. Hail to you. Uh, Mega Knight says, Ant-Man Ant 2's ghost may have been low-key as an antagonist, but the movie showed how good superhero films fit the screwball comedy format like a screwball, like a screwball film multiple antagonist. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It did not show that at all. I don't know what movie you saw, Mega Knight, but no. What the movie showed is that it it didn't even know what it wanted to be. And it, if that was a take on screwball comedy, I would say it was an epic failure in that regard. I, I was I would just say, you know, without it being viewed as a screwball comedy, I would say it just was not a very good movie, like a C-level movie. But if we're going to say that that was a, an attempt at screwball comedy, you would have to say for, for that kind of a genre, it, it would be like D-level at that point. Um, but no, the character of Ghost is just, again, the, the actress that plays her is either overacting or is a bad actress. And it, either way, it's just not good. Uh, Oz McCarthy, uh, tad to say, Pinocchio is on Disney+. Plus. No need to give them more than the money I pay for Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, but ah, you're terrible. You're terrible. All right. Let us see. For the channel, Kenny Lee says, Pierce Brosnan was great in Remington Steel. Never seen it. Uh, Mega Knight, never need to double post. I fall 20 to 30 minutes behind. So uh, don't ever double post, please. <laughs> Laura says, you, sir, have obviously never seen Remington Steel, classic 80s TV show with Brosnan. Yep. Um, I'm glad that you were able to pick that up before me actually having to admit it. Um, that is definitely something that uh, you'd be able to pick up on. Um, I see someone left a comment on the video, Poppyton. I found it with a quick search, so uh, so not hard to find. But that was a comment in the comment section. Uh, you can also type in the Rumble Rants since it's still live. Type here. In the Rumble Rants section. There we go. Poppyton's over there saying it was easy to find. So, as I said, I, I don't think anyone's missing it. Uh, let's see. Joey Horn says, have you seen After the Sunset, Brosnan and Woody Harrelson? Kind of a remake of To Catch a Thief. Uh, to Catch a Thief. Good movie, in my opinion. No, I've actually not. haven't heard of that one. Super says, the Oscars' biggest loser record was broken by Power of the Dog. They lost 11 of 12 nominations. That might be true. However, that means it still won one. So, I will counter that to say that no, um, the record still stands because it went 0 for 9. It went 0 for 9, if I'm not mistaken, did uh, that David O. Russell film, American Hustle. Going 1 for 12, 1 is higher than 0. 
I rest my case, Your Honor. Dragonbrick says, Brosnan was great in Evelyn, despite they made the church to be the enemy. Thomas Crown. Ah, I did see I did see him in, in Thomas Crown. Uh, the foreigner and the land uh, landowner, uh, the lawnmower man. I forgot he was in The Foreigner with Jackie Chan. I actually, that speaking about an underrated movie, The Foreigner is great. Jackie Chan gives actually a really good dramatic performance. And I was like, I didn't know he could act. Look at this. Jackie Buck says, got to head out at 8 Eastern and see that ISS tonight. I was up last night for several minutes. Nice. Jess Pena says, don't bother. I liked it, but it was basically a Pirates of the Caribbean knockoff with a bit of Indiana Jones. Talk about Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I, I trust me. I, I have no interest in it. No interest whatsoever. Snore Poopus. Friends don't let friends watch bad movies. Uh, unless your friends... <laughs> Uh, unless you are friends, unless you are friends with Alex McCarthy. Mega Knight, no need to defend. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Some people. Joey's movie blog. She-Hulk killed me. Yes. It's killed a lot of people. I'm still alive, I think. Rowdy says, I think Alex should teach a film class. I definitely don't think so. No, 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 no. He should stay far away from a classroom because he will have people watching and enjoying somehow movies that are just atrocious and blazing. Did you watch The Illusionist? Did you enjoy it? I did. I remember it came out around the same time as The Prestige, and both are great films in different ways. Prestige is a better movie, but uh, Illusionist is still very good. Still very, very good. Uh, favorite sci-fi. I'm starting to think Alex McCarthy is my older brother's account. Two of his favorite movies are Duets and G- <laughs> Was I supposed to say Geely? <laughs> Alex McCarthy. My wife says the same thing. She says I like too many movies. Yes. Not just that, but bad ones. Uh, so I already f- figured out what was going on there. Speaking of DLive, what happened to it? Was there a controversy? Was it just passing fad? Uh, it seems like it came and, and came and came and went fast. I mean, I feel like it did last for a good year, so longer than some some other social media platforms, I would say. Um, but here's the I, the only thing I really know about DLive because, as I said, it's it's the platform that I spend the least amount of time on, e- even when I did, because it was only ever a few people over there anyway. Um, at, at the peak, I think I had five people watching. Um, so basically, from what I've been, what I've been told. The original concept was that you would watch content and as you watched, you would actually gain crypto. You would gain like free crypto. And then um, the person who was streaming would also gain it. And so that person could then put things like put cryptocurrency into what was like a digital chest and then do a release. And then it would mean you could get more free crypto and eventually you could cash out, etc. From what I've been told, they they eventually took the, the, the treasure chest concept away. So that kind of took away one of the main motivating factors of the website itself. I think the biggest one was that at one point, PewDiePie exclusively streamed there. So they had an exclusivity deal with PewDiePie, but he eventually uh, changed his contract with YouTube instead. And so um, now it's just replays that play over on DLive. So I think that a mixture of those two things is what led to its basically basic death. Um, but yeah. Uh, Lord, drive home safely, please. Drive home safely, please. All right. 818. So we're in the, the final 12 minutes. 
Yeah, Poppyton. D-Live failed on many things. Yeah, apparently it was a lot of things that happened. A lot of things. Let's see. Poppyton says, they changed that crypto and, Pew- and PewDiePie left. The chest is no more. Yeah, they got rid of that. And then apparently also, um, I know it was either Poppyton or one of the other D-Livers also mentioned that some creators have now been having issues uh, cashing out. So they're not honoring some of the uh, credits that have been accumulated by some creators over there. So, yeah, it's pretty much done. Um, To be honest, because I'm pretty sure everyone else that is ever on DLive is able and is fine with being on different platforms. Um, The only person I need to hear from is J-Rod the Beer Guru because I know he is actually, he's he's my sole subscriber. And over on DLive subscriber, it's actually like, it's crypto based. So that is actually a charged subscription. So if if J-Rod gives the green light and says that he would be willing to to watch another platform or, or, or that he doesn't care one way or the other, at that point, I would. I'm just gonna nuke the D live because it's like, I love being able to offer as many options as I can, but at the same time, it's like honestly, I've got consistent people showing up every single week over there on Rumble. Right, I had uh, King Kang Rumshki who was <laughs> hanging out over there as well. Um, Providence says they can't cash out, but keep saying they're working on it. Yeah, so it seems like they're letting people kind of like hang out to dry. Basically, um, yeah. Gus says you're on the other one. Yep, we already figured that out. Joe's Vlog says I went and saw Pearl for my birthday. My sister kept looking at me like, "WTF? Why did you invite me to?" <laughs> yeah, um, I have never seen X, and I don't know much about Pearl except that it's a prequel to it. But yeah, Joe's Movie Vlog, what's going on? Um, Abomination. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, that's be- that was library more so. Right? Library, which Odyssey is built on the structure of, of library, it uh, was was based on the similar concept where you would you could gain crypto tokens by watching content, by uh, getting subscribers, things like that. Yeah, I actually honestly, I I haven't used it in that way in so long, um, and it's because. Their cryptocurrency at one point in time, their cryptocurrency actually had had a fair value to it. But every time I go back to check to see, because I, I I don't I haven't cashed out on Odyssey in many many <laughs> in years. I think at this point, because every time I've gone back, it's it's not nearly worth as much as it, as it used to be, which makes me sad because I I do have a lot of a lot of hope in the Odyssey platform, but they clearly still have a lot of things to work out. Uh, Gus calling me a boomer. How dare you? General Wingster, I think we should go back to the Neanderthal way of grunts and howls. That's assuming, of course, that we are actually descendant from the Neanderthal. Not to open up that uh, wormhole, but... Cambrian explosion, macroevolution, all these kinds of things means we're not guaranteed... Uh, also it says Saint at Odin Hippie. Uh-huh. Brightbird. Are you ready for the new Star Wars film? Or are you done with Star Wars films after Rise of Skywalker? Um, assuming the film actually gets made and actually gets released. Let's just be honest. Abomination says, well, here, have some more. Well, thank you very much for that library token. I appreciate it. 
I very much appreciate it. Though it doesn't show up as... Whenever you donate via the library token, it doesn't show up as a hyper chat does. It's weird. It's weird. Doesn't make any sense. All right, about seven minutes. So we're going to start to wrap things up here. So if y'all could slow down on the tags, I want to try and get through the ones that have shown up. Input latency. One of my favorite hymns is called Prayer of St. Francis. Has such line as making me a channel of your peace. Grant that I may never... Yeah, it's not even a hymn. Input latency. It's a prayer. That's, that is the prayer of, of St. Francis. Yeah. I mean, obviously they've, they've turned it into, um, it's been adapted into a hymn, right? But yeah, that's the, that's the prayer of St. Francis. It is an excellent prayer for sure. Excellent, excellent prayer. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned it before, but my school got a subscription to Hallow, um, which is a prayer meditation app. And it's, it's got a lot of really good stuff on there. One of the things I really like is that it's got, um, you know, Saint of the Day, and so it's a great way for me to, to start the morning off just listening to – it gives you some biographical information. And then normally it, it ends with a meditation on some of the words and prayers of, of the saint. It's been pretty good. Uh, Gus says, back in my days – oh, come on now. Come on now. Let's, let's not go there. Sherry Allen, I'm good. Thank you. And hail to you. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. But ladies, says, nice been listening to you, peeps. Got to head out. Do what you can. Don't worry about the rest, peeps. Good night. God bless. God bless to you. Put latency. It is a good day. A goat says, Wakanda is fascist, racially homogenous, nationalistic, anti-immigrant, while pushing Wakandan exceptionalism. Yeah, the left promote and demand it just because, yeah, racist. Exactly. Right? And the reason why, as I said, is because they do not understand that words have meaning. So they have either stripped the meaning away from any words from their own overuse of it, or they've decided to create their own terms which have no actual root in in any language. You know, it's just like the whole attempt to try to push the whole uh, Latinx crap. It's like, that's not a real thing. Look at any of the major polling they've done on it, the vast majority of people who are, part, who are part of the Hispanic community have no idea what it is. Like, not even that they don't like it. Most of them have no idea what it even is because it's made up. It's completely fake. And that's the reason why we need to have a common language and why there needs to be agreements upon that language because, you know, obviously there's variations, but there needs to be a general agreement over basic principles because otherwise it can't really function. Can't really function. Dragon Bricks, I never, uh, LOL, I never work for Disney, but I know in any Fortune 500 company, people on cosplay level don't have access to senior level leadership persons like Kathleen Kennedy, exactly. Or even to people that would have access to the point of of, of them getting access to a contract, of all things. Uh, Rob D, in regards to the YouTuber that worked for Disney, all I would hear is private contractor, and that's it. A private contractor is not an employee, exactly. And again, he was trying to, he was, at that point, he was trying to push the, well, I worked for Disney, private contractor, and so I met people who, so again. And, and that's why, you know, because one of the things that, that Matthew would always ask, and it's a valid question, is, okay, well, who's your source? And then the response is, oh, well, you know, clearly you must be some Disney insider or whatever because you're trying to have me expose my sources, and you know better than that that I wouldn't expose my sources, which I do understand, right? You know, if you have sources, you don't expose them. But what, what Matthew was able to do with that was he was able to then say, okay, well, if we can't talk about your source, let's talk about you. So it was actually a very brilliant method, and uh, it was amazing. 
It's amazing. You need to find that. I know that video is probably live somewhere in the <laughs> in the long list of videos. It was in a live stream and it was hosted on this channel. Rowdy says, the problem I had with Tomorrow War was that it didn't even want to explain its own concepts and premise. Exactly, Rowdy. It, its version of time travel didn't make any sense. And I understand that if you dive deep into any time travel, you're usually going to find problems. But when it's on the surface where you're just watching it and you're not even thinking about it and you're like, wait a minute, how in the heck does that work? And wait a minute, no, that, what? Then you realize you've gotten into a problem. Favorite sci-fi, the one part from the game Rampage should have kept was the moment when the monster turns back into a person and tries to shuffle off screen naked while covering themselves with their hands. Yeah, they didn't really have that. In fact, they didn't really even have the concept of the monster um, because they started off with an actual gorilla who was genetically modified, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I've seen it. Low Watermark, thank you for the $10 super chat. No message, but uh, Low Watermark, always very supportive of the channel. Thank you very much. Uh, I can't even remember the last good comedy I saw in theater, says Joey's Movie Blog. Um, Bullet Train. Bullet Train was very, very funny. Very enjoyable movie. Soul Assassin. Forget bros. Watch The Birdcage. It's most likely superior. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why it's, it's like, oh, people didn't watch because they're homophobic. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm homophobic. And that's the reason why I love The Birdcage. <laughs> if you've watched my channel for a long time, you know I talk about that film a lot. I quote that film a lot. Because it's a darn good movie. And it's funny to boot. Fussy, fussy, fussy. So many great moments in that movie. Probably my favorite is the, the night's about to begin. Robin Williams and his son are next to each other. And Robin Williams says, so this is hell. He looks up at the wall. And there's a crucifix in it. <laughs> Again, there's just, there's just so many things. Just so many things. But yeah. Somehow, I, I must be homophobic because I have no desire to go see bros. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Uh, Laura says, funny game movies, in and out uh, but I'm a cheerleader, and Jeffrey with Steven Weber and Patrick Stewart. Laura, I'm so disappointed that you did not mention um, Birdcage. How dare you? I know it's probably because that's like the obvious one, but come on. Uh, a goat says, bros review, it's what gay people think, straight people think about gay people. <laughs> oh man let's see is that uh abraham's bosom yeah 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 it's it's often referred to as abraham's bosom uh sometimes referred to as um believe it's also sometimes referred to scripturally as sheol though i think that might be different abraham's bosom is the most common one that i'm aware of i believe it's i think the other the other name the other term for it is limbo Harwick, from what I've heard about the Netflix movie Blonde, it's a slanderous disgrace. Nina Infinity made a video tearing it to shreds. Interesting. Never really... I mean, I like Anna de Armas, but I had no interest in that movie. Uh, what screwball comedies are you familiar with? Probably one of the greatest screwball comedies of all time is His Girl Friday. Um, and I can tell you as a verifiable fact... That since I think many people in the chat who've seen that film can tell me that that's probably the quintessential screwball comedy, or at least one of the quintessential screwball comedy movies, um, that Ant-Man 2 ain't no His Girl Friday. Mega Knight. Don't, don't try and call me out like that, bro. That's just not, that's just not even cool. And then I just get to slap you back in your face. So, 
<laughs> uh, we can't stand the heat. Don't stay in the kitchen. Good sir. Uh, let's see. Laura says, oh, I saw Power of the Dog. thought it was intense and had a ton of epic performances. Nice. Definitely need to rewatch The Foreigner again, says J.S. Pena. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely a underrated film. Dragon says, in addition to The Foreigner, Dragon Show was great in Karate Kid Remake 2. The whole sequence about destroying and fixing the car was perfection. No, Dragon Bricks. No, no, no. You're better than this, Dragon Bricks. Don't, don't bring up that. Uh, Abomination says, wait, did the Tomorrow War do worse to explain the time travel movie than the time machine? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Abomination. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I actually didn't mind uh, the, the time machine, the, the, the theatrical version of the time machine. To me, I thought was subtle enough to where you were able to figure out a lot of things um, by yourself. Whereas with Tomorrow War, it, it just kind of throws stuff out there and you're just like, oh, okay, sure. All right, but we are at time, so let me try and get through as many things as possible. Wait a minute. Tina says, holy frack, the bots are falling off Twitter now. Some of the folks we know are losing all of the fake subs they were about to get good on. E Ooh, okay. Good to hear that. Dan Crane, your current top comedy movie of this year? Of this year's bullet train. Um, of all time, ooh, that gets tougher. Because to me, there's different genres of comedy. I mean, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. I, lo I love those those early year Adam Sandler comedies. But then you have the classic ones like His Girl Friday. Um, and then, uh, oh my goodness, Some Like It Hot. Oh, that's another great one. JKD Buck. Uh, Space Station flying overhead several minutes was cool. Kid loved it too. Nice. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. All righty. Let's see. Uh, Mega Knight, we're not having that discussion tonight. That's why I said it was like for another time. Uh, help. Uh, Giant Rat, what's going on? That's on House of the Dragon. Uh, the last episode was actually a good episode. It was nice to actually have a good episode for once. <laughs> I mean, don't be wrong. The other ones weren't terrible, except for the one episode, which is just atrocious. Episode four is still just an abomination on so many different levels. But hey, uh, Rob D, how dare you? Nope. That's not how this works. Black Panther is not pro-national, says Hardwick. At the end, T'Challa listens to Killmonger's viewpoint, opens the Wakanda up. Yes, but at the very beginning, it is. I think that was the whole point of what was being said there. Uh, Hardwick. You don't have to tag me. You can tag the person who said it. Latinx will never be a thing. No self-respecting Latino will ever expect it. Or Latina. Give, give some respect to, to the ladies. Speaking of Robin Williams, did you ever see one of his last films, The Angriest Man in Brooklyn? I did not, but I, I kind of want to because of the fact that it is one of his last. Um, all right. Cool, 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 cool. So we're going to go ahead and end things there. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out tonight in the chat, no matter where you were, on DLive, on Odyssey, on YouTube, or on Rumble, if you were able to find it. I do apologize in advance that it was not up on the OMB Reviews side on Rumble. 
again, I must have clicked the wrong box. I thought it was pretty straightforward, but apparently not. I'll pay attention to that more for Saturday stream. But that is the it. That is the it. That is the end for the stream tonight. So anyway, uh, thank you very much for watching tonight. You have all been amazing, beautiful people. Make sure you smash the like button, like the fire button. Honestly, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, we got ourselves some, first off, we got ourselves some uh, some October shout-outs. So I will see you all Friday night sites and this Saturday for the Saturday evening stream. And as always, God bless and bless the feast of St. Francis of Assisi. God bless y'all. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my locals, Patreon, and Subscribestar members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Patreon, Father Luca Illich, Garrett Searles, Joe Horn, Jaime Ari Heimason, Jeff Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can check out over on YouTube at the channel with the same name, Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel called Eagle Rider, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel by the same name. Thank you all very much, my Patreon supporters. And also for my Subscribestar peeps, Matt317, who you can check out over on Twitch at Matt317, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and ZK Man, who you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, For the Win, J.H. Schwalbach, and the great lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for your support. If you would like for your name to be shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, please make sure to check out the top link in the video description where you can sign up over on Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. You get access to things not only like shoutouts, but also to giveaways of 4Ks and Blu-rays, an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger every single month, and also the Chosen of Valhalla live stream for my Chosen of Valhalla members, which we do once a month, and it is a lot of fun. So all of this and plenty of more content, check out those links in the link tree in that top comment down below. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. A blessed October to everyone out there. Blessed month of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as always, God bless.